Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Thursday, August 23rd. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed the Spitting Statistician, and I don't want to be a player no more, but I have to be. And by my side, I got the FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scotty Engel. Scotty, the dress rehearsals kick off tonight, preseason week three. I'm excited, but unfortunately tomorrow we may be talking about some injuries again. Uh, look at the bright side, you know. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, these are closest to the regular season games. This is a big draft weekend. I had my first of three drafts this week. Uh, yesterday, big league impacted City Field. Uh, you know, had a great time. And uh, you know, we'll be uh, updating the exclusive edge fantasy football package on rotoexperts.com over the next two days. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to go on over to rotoexperts.com and get the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package to really help you win your leagues and win that cash. Big league impact going on where major league players are drafting as well. We're going to spend a couple of minutes with San Francisco Giants outfielder Hunter Pence a little bit later on in the show. And listen, the dress rehearsals are on and popping. We got one game today. We got a bunch of games tomorrow. We'll start to break those down, tell you what we're looking for in the these dress rehearsals. Now, the starters likely, usually at least in week three, play about a first the first half, okay? So you're going to see the closest things as possible, as Scotty mentioned, to real football that we've seen all preseason, okay? So unfortunately, as we mentioned, some people will get hurt. Will that change the market for a guy like a Des Bryant? Will that change the market for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater? We will see over this weekend. Speaking of the Jets, though, Scott, that's the first place where I want to go um, with our news and notes. Yesterday we talked about how the Jets maybe reached out to the Jacksonville Jaguars about Dante Fowler. To yesterday, um, 
Then today, I want to talk about the Jets apparently also calling the Oakland Raiders as it relates to Khalil Mack. Now, it seems day by day that it's obvious the Jets are looking for an edge pass rusher, it looks like, and maybe they think that's what they can turn Teddy Bridgewater into. We talked about how Khalil Mack, you know, may be on the move because he's still got his holdout, one of the big defensive players, along with Earl Thomas and, of course, Aaron Donald as well. Uh, Is this... uh, is this something or is this nothing? And more importantly, Scott, like, do you think Khalil Mack will be moved? Do you think Teddy Bridgewater will be moved? It doesn't seem like the Raiders are going to move Khalil Mack. It's not kind of like an Earl Thomas situation, you know, where he's at that point in his career where it's it's pivotal, where the Seahawks maybe feel like he's only got, like, two good years left. But I'm sure Thomas feels like he has more than that left. You know, Mack is still very young can uh, help that franchise for a long time. I, I think it would take a lot more than Teddy Bridgewater, you know, to pull that off. They don't they don't need a quarterback either. So, yeah, I, I think there's nothing there. You know, they tried to look, the Jets need a pass rusher. Uh, you know, that's that's why you don't take the Jets as a fantasy defense. You don't think they'll get enough pressure on people. You know, there might be some shootouts there because you know, I think Sam Darnold's going to do a good job. But, you know, the Jets are well coached by Todd Bowles, which compensates for something. And I'm taking the over in Vegas like I've been saving on the win total. I think, you know, that's a 500 ball club right there. We shall see. And I believe at least 500 should get you second place in the AFC East because, you know, we've talked about it. I think we are both down on the Bills and the Dolphins. So we'll keep our eye out for that as player movement happens. Hey, Scotty, in general, at this point of the preseason, you know, we also see some player movement because teams that cut certain players, uh, you know, get a chance to sign with others. Right. So we're going to see some player movement in the next couple of weeks as well, just because people who are on the back end of rosters may uh, uh, wind up, you know, sticking other places, right? Like one man's trash is another man's treasure. Like generally speaking, we see some guys latch on on the bottom of the roster. I think we saw it with Orlando Scandrick already going to uh, Kansas City and maybe the safety from Cincinnati, uh, Iloka as well. Um, do you expect to see that in any other places where there's fantasy relevance? I know people have been talking about maybe a guy like Amir Abdullah in a crowded running back room in Detroit. Do you think that he winds up making the roster up there in Detroit? You already have LeGarrette Blunt. We know about Theo Riddick and the rookie On Johnson. On Johnson looking so good that I know you in the past have talked about maybe Theo Riddick needs to get bumped down because On Johnson, on my wayward son, can handle some of the passing game duties as well. What does that mean for a guy like Amir Abdullah now I'm not saying he's fantasy relevant Scott but what I am saying is uh do you think he could be like you know picked up off the scrap heap or do wait do you think he'll wind up in Detroit or elsewhere I think he's going to stay in Detroit there's a lot of okay. positive talk about how his preseason has went so I think I think they're going to keep him for the depth you know I, I can't see any real different difference makers in fantasy or otherwise uh, at this point, guys who are going to get cut, especially at running back, are really just going to be used for depth, I right. think, because you saw Adrian Peterson already signed. And mm-hmm. I'll check out the breakdown on rotoexperts.com this morning of the Adrian Peterson signing. But uh, I don't think there's any difference makers here. I don't, I, don't okay. think, uh, I don't think anybody gets cut off the end of a roster is going to be anything more than depth fodder. 
All right, fair enough. You say, you say Adrian Peterson got signed in Washington. Remember, um, a, couple, a week back or so, also Alfred Morris was signed in San Francisco for that same thing, you know, to potentially help with depth. As we know, Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon are battling injuries, although they should be ready for the early part of the season. Like I said, though, Scotty, the one thing that could change the equation are injuries in the dress rehearsal, so we'll keep our eye out on that. Next piece of news that I wanted to bring up, Scotty, uh, the Patriots have decided to cut bait on Kenny Britt. A lot of people think it may be financially motivated. They save about one, one and a half million on the salary cap. We have been trying to discuss these New England Patriots and their wide receiver room for the better part of the last month. Scotty, you know, at one point we thought Jordan Matthews may have a line on some increased production. Then he got banged up. We thought about Malcolm Mitchell. He got cut. Now Kenny Britt gets cut. You threw out rookies like the kid Berrios as well. Some people thought about Philip Dorsett having a chance latching on. So let's think about it again, Scotty. Okay, especially for the first four weeks when we know that Julian Edelman will not be there, okay? And we also know that in the running back room, Rex Burkhead is banged up. Sony Michelle is banged up. They're going to probably be riding with James White out of the pa- you know, in a PPR kind of role. You know Chris Hogan will be there, and he's going to be solid. Where else do they go? Are they really prepared for week one uh, at home against the Houston Texans to ride out with Corderell Patterson as their number two wide receiver? Read the tea leaves on the Pats wide receivers in weeks one through four for me, Scott. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's like Kenny Britt, you know, I think, you know, had one and a half good years in his career and really n- never really amounted to anything here. So, uh, look, you know, you have you have the tight end, obviously, in Gronkowski. And, you know, then you got Chris Hogan. And after that, you know, it's really anybody's guess where the ball is going to go. They also, you know, Malcolm Mitchell's not, not there anymore either. So right now, if you're looking at the depth chart, you know, Patterson's a guy who's just going to catch the ball on a screen and really Speed not do guy. anything. Phil, Philip, Philip Dorsett is there. Eric Decker's had a terrible preseason. So, you know, Tom Brady makes a – can make receivers around him better. So, you know, maybe Patterson is somebody to monitor because you know, nobody else has really stepped forward there. But you got to remember, look, look, look at the last preseason game. He was thrown to James White a ton last week, you know, and that might continue. And as far as the running back picture goes, Michelle ain't ready. You know, it's going to be Burkhead and Jeremy Hill is going to play that Mike Gillisley role. Yeah, so uh, Jeremy Hill might be that guy in the goal line for sure. Scotty, let me ask a follow-up on this one. I, uh, you know, I've been playing around a little bit over on DFS sites, looking at the week one prices. And I, you know, listen, I'm going to have Chris Hogan, I think, in some of my DFS lineups. It looks like he is, you know, especially with all these guys out, he's going to be the number one wide receiver target for Tom Brady, now I remember, obviously Rob Gronkowski is there as well. You can't discount him when you're talking about the pass catchers. James White will be there. But remember, before Chris Hogan got hurt last year, he was a wide receiver one. I believe he was something like wide receiver nine overall going into like, you know, whenever he got hurt. Um, what do you think about Chris Hogan, especially early season? I mean, I think he's going to outperform his ADP. I think he might even be a good uh, DFS option early in the season. Yeah, you're right on point. I remember the week that he got injured, he was like number eight in my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com for that right. week. So, you know, great connection between him and Brady. Uh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of Hogan, a lot of Gronk, and a lot of James White. 
All right, fair enough. Let's keep it moving. Scott, I, I, you know, I almost feel like I'm piling on when I talk about this guy now and the Seattle Seahawks, but there's more news about Rashad Penny, and I don't think it's positive. They're saying that he's put on 16 pounds since the combine in April. Now, we've talked a lot about some backs beefing up. I think Aaron Jones put on some more weight as well, but we've also seen some backs that have gotten slimmer or trimmer, most notably uh, Leonard for Netflix and Chill has done so. I've, and I remember talking about this with uh, the All-In Kid back in the day. We tended to like when guys put you know, took some weight off, not put weight on. You know, we liked how Rashad Penny was this potential return man, three down back. I don't know that I like this news. That combined with the broken finger, it really seems like more things are trending down for Rashad Penny. Or are they trying to maybe replicate, you know, uh, beast mode and feast mode up there with a big time back? Tell me uh, what you think when you saw the news that Rashad Penny is up 16 pounds. And where is the line, Scott? for him to now be actually drafted or a value? Might it be like round, oh, I don't know, six or seven? Uh, you know, yesterday at the Big League Impact drafts, and they're good for a reflection of mainstream drafts. He went in, in, uh, in my league, he went in round seven. In another league, he went in round 11. Wow. Uh, Pete Carroll told ESPN, uh, I love that he weighed in its week as 236 pounds, 236 pounds, running like he did in the first preseason game, and he can catch the football and all that as well. He's a really, really exciting addition. Uh, added 16 more pounds, uh, but you're right. It's not necessarily uh, a good thing. You know, Pete Carroll has a tendency to play everything into a positive when maybe it's, uh, it's not a positive. But right. at the same time, the one thing I can think of, though, is that the Seahawks were so bad in the red zone last year, like really, really bad. Right. And then Chris Carson got stuffed at the goal line twice last week and fumbled on the second one and lost it and fumbled on the previous play as well. And I'm, st- I'm starting to wonder, like, you know, is this something that has to do with maybe, you know, the team wanting to get more physical at the goal line because Penny is going to be that guy. He's, he's going to be the goal line back at some point, maybe sooner than later. All right, so we'll definitely keep our eye out on that. You know, um, he's got the finger to deal with, and we'll see if he becomes a little bit more of a battering ram to serve the needs for the 12s up there in Seattle. One more piece of news that I wanted to bring up. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Scotty, we put up a poll about, like, the rookie wide receivers, you know, and, like, Anthony Miller was in the poll, Calvin Ridley was in the poll, I think DJ Moore was in the poll, and then a lot of people, you know, the trolls on Twitter, who I know you are familiar with, they were giving me grief about including as the fourth guy, not Michael Gallup or someone else, but I put in Christian Kirk from the Arizona Cardinals, and we're getting buzz right now that he has looked really good in preseason, he scored a touchdown uh, last week, had a good uh, kickoff return or punt return early in the preseason as well. And they are saying he is now the favorite to start in two wides opposite Larry Fitzgerald. Um, talk to me about the Cardinals wide receivers, Scotty. You know you know, there's Larry Fitzgerald. A lot of people like Ricky Seals-Jones as a tight end to break out in his second year. You know David Johnson can do some work out of the, out of the backfield as well. So the number two wide receiver for the Cardinals might actually wind up being like the third or even fourth option. But when I look at their roster outside of Larry Fitzgerald, you know, because they lost uh, Smoke Brown, you know, they've lost some guys. 
Who's going to beat out Christian Kirk? J.J. Nelson? Bryce Butler? I think this job is all Christian Kirk's. And my intriguing point on this is where does he line up? Because he is a prototypical kind of slot receiver guy. But over the last couple of years, they've moved Larry Fitzgerald to the slot. That's what I think is interesting and how it could impact even Fitzy. What do you think about Kirk and the wide receivers for the Cardinals? Yeah, this is what you want to see from a rookie that, you know, we've had so many negative rookie stories. The only other guy that was really mentioned in the mix was last year's third-round pick, Chad Williams, but Christian Kirk has outplayed him. So, you know, he's moved into the starting lineup, and he's worth a, worth a late-round pick. He's had a fine preseason. Yeah, he's worth a late-round pick. Where do you see him up against these other guys, though? These uh, And by other guys, I mean the other rookie wide receivers, okay? Like Miller and uh, Gallup and Ridley and Moore are the ones that come to mind for me right now. Do you – like, if you're in a dynasty league, um, are you dra- how are you drafting Kirk vis-a-vis some of these other guys? Probably third of the, that group. Okay. You know, I just think Calvin Ridley has so much upside, and Michael Gallup has a lot of opportunity. And Kirk, okay. you know, is the one that really has stepped forward this preseason. Interesting. I know DJ Moore has flashed as well a little bit. So, you know, there is some sign of rookie value in wide receivers, especially in dynasty leagues. But remember, it is tough for some of those rookies to really pop off right away. I used the example last year of Corey Davis, who everyone had a lot of buzz around, but he still did not necessarily get it done. They are expecting a lot of big things from the second year wideout out of Tennessee. I want to let people know, Scott, that Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment for your winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sports, or you can make your play at any time during the game, okay? Bet, Bet DSI runs sign-up and deposit promotions year-round. So for a little bit of time, use the promo code FNTSY. Bet DSI is offering up to $2,500 on your first deposit if you adhere to the rollover requirements. So use the promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI.com. All right, we are off and running here on Roto Experts in the morning. I see that we got Mark in New Jersey. We will take him right out of the break. We're going to get to the caller. We're going to hear a little bit from Hunter Pence talking a little fantasy football. And then we start to break down the dress rehearsal preseason week three games. We got a lot to do. It's starting to feel real as people are drafting left and right this weekend. It is the King Scott Angle, the spitting statistician Dane Martinez. We will be back as we keep the fun and functional sports radio. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. Mark in New Jersey, I see you. We'll take your call right after the break. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive edge fantasy package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive edge fantasy package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive edge fantasy football package promo code FNTSY. Welcome back. It is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
You got Dane Martinez. You got the King Scott Angle. Remember, the number to call if you want to get down is 844-843-6879 as we help you win your leagues and win that cash. And we have a caller I want to get you right here out of the break here on Roto Experts in the Morning. We got Mark in New Jersey. Hey, Mark, you're in Roto Experts in the Morning with Dane and Scott. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. How you feeling this morning, Mark? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. You guys got some good tunes bumping. Little, uh, little big pun, little buff the buff. Yeah. I like that. Uh, That's right. Bust the rhymes. So what's going All on, right. Mark? We'll try and make it moving. That's our guy Chris Bavona down there in the fantasy pit of misery, making us sound good, making us bop here early in the morning. Dilly dilly to him. Dilly dilly to you, Mark. How can we help you? Hey, so I got a draft tonight, and the league voted last night to change quarterback scoring from four points to six points for a passing touchdown. Does this affect the uh, draft stock of any quarterback? To show I kind of play it in the same, uh, you know, same method that I was planning on drafting. You know, the Tom Brady, the the Aaron Rodgers. You know, maybe a little bit earlier, but or waiting for you know like a Matthew Stafford type later in the draft. I think it bumps him up a little bit, uh, and then you're probably going to see bumps who up, go. Scotty. Bumps who up? What the quarterbacks? Is it bumps oh, okay. him up a in little general. bit? Yeah, gotcha. in general, and you know you're going to see people go Rodgers, Brady, maybe second, third round, etc. But you know, you can still wait on a quarterback. You know, you Philip Rivers, you could still get him in like the ninth, tenth round. You could get a Stafford. You know, I've seen luck dropping. So you don't have – I'm really still about filling out those, like, four to five running back wide receiver spots in the first five rounds and not even considering a quarterback until round six. And, you know, if you want to make the leap in round six, you could probably still, you know, maybe even get a Russell Wilson at that point. Yeah, I agree with that as well. You know, regardless of those settings, I am still waiting on quarterback this year, Mark. I mean, there are so many names that you can have for a song in the ninth and 10th round. You know, Scotty mentioned, too, that I love Phillip Rivers and Matthew Stafford. I'm seeing Luck go that late. I'm seeing Carson Wentz go that late, especially with his uh, concerns around the knee. I'm seeing Drew Brees go late, okay? And if you don't like those guys and you want to take uh, think about some upside, guys you know I'm seeing Jimmy Garoppolo go that late I'm seeing Patty Mahomes go even far later so there's plenty of options you can kind of let it come to you and still have your pick of two or three guys that you would probably be comfortable with even if you wait as late as week nine um so thanks for the call out there Mark we are both advocates for waiting on quarterback let me ask you this follow-up to that question though Scott he said the passing touchdowns changed from four to six points right so that's like bumping them up you mentioned I've seen, and first of all, what do you think about this, like changing the scoring system right before the draft? I don't know how I feel about that, Mark, you know, because you've, it, it depends on how serious of a league this is, right? But maybe some of these play, you, you know, your competitors have done whatever prep it is and made kind of their boards. And then to make a change like this at the 11th hour, uh, right before the draft, Scott, what do you think about that in general? Like changing the scoring system right before the draft that, uh, I think that's a uh, foul. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. You know, that's why he was sitting on hold at seven o'clock in the morning because they did right. it. <laughs> they did it last night. I think you should give people more time to do their draft prep. You know, if you're going to make changes, I think you should announce them like at the end of the previous season or, uh, you know, at least a exactly. month or two before the coming season. Ideally, at the end of the previous season. Uh, and 
keeper leagues, you know, you got, you got to get, you got to, you have to get it right. It's like mm-hmm. you can't all of a sudden switch what was a yearly league last year to a keeper league this year. You, right. got, you have to, you have to redraft, and it's got to be based on this year's draft, not last year's. I've seen people do that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. My biggest home league that I've been in for over 10 years with my boys that I am the defending champion of, what we do is at one point over the summer, we all get together. We call it the GM meeting, Scott. And what we do is that we like we uh, kind of like submit ideas for changing you know, the league, you know, new rules, new scoring systems, stuff like that. But what we do is that anything that gets decided will not be implemented until the following year, because especially in dynasty or keeper settings, you maybe have even made moves, you know, that year to get kind of keepers or whatever that then change value over time. So we say that you can't, we don't even implement the lead, the rule until the following year. For example, Scott, we wanted to do something that made defenses a little bit more valuable. We added a stat. Um, we added three and outs as a stat uh, to help uh, improve the, the defenses and make them more competitive. Um, and that would not be implemented until the following year. So we give people a full year of play to, uh, you know, kind of adjust to the, whatever that rule change is. I did want to ask able you to, Were you thing. able to find that, that category? That's in Yahoo. In, in Yahoo, software? yeah. Really? Cool. In cool, Yahoo, cool. yeah. We made three yeah. and outs as a stat. And I think that's really good um, as a stat um, because – you know, some so many times, especially with some of these bad teams, you know, a team could turn the ball over. Your defense could actually be good, right, and still give up points, you know, based on field position, things of that nature. But I digress. Mark also brought up an interesting point that I want to bounce off you real quick, Scott. He said that the uh, passing touchdowns changed from four to six. I had a question on freestyle earlier in the week. And by the way, you can hear Fantasy Freestyle, uh, 7 p.m. on the Fantasy Sports Network, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We got the stats over Beat Cypher, live from Studio 34. But um, I had a question. Uh, someone went the other way. Their lead changed from six points to four points. And one of the things I said in that situation, Scott, is that for me, that puts greater emphasis on the running quarterbacks, quarterbacks that can also run because those point totals aren't changing. So your guys like Brady and up top, you know, maybe your guys like uh, Luck and Cousins and Rivers, whatever, those guys are being impacted. But the other big quarterbacks who are also running quarterbacks are not impacted as much because they get some of their points from running. So guys like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, I think those guys maybe get bumped up a little bit when it's uh, less weight on the passing touchdowns. Do you agree with that, Scott? Well, when there's only four points for a touchdown. Right, because yeah. then maybe the rushing yeah, but, of the running quarterbacks but, is more important. But you also have to look, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is going to rush the ball a few times into sure. the end zone Sure, Tom itself. Brady's not, though. But, you know, with, with Tom Brady's not, but, you know, with the amount of, of passing touchdowns, you know, he can he can compensate for what he doesn't run for. You know, it's kind of like sometimes in PPR versus non-PPR, you're still going to take Ezekiel Elliott number four because even though he doesn't catch a ton of passes, he rushes for so many yards that it compensates overall in terms of fantasy points. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, at the same time, if it's, uh, you know, if, if a greater percentage of their points 
come from the running game and that's not impacted by the scoring change, then I like it. All right, let's keep it moving here, Scotty. I know we've been talking about big league impact. We know they did some drafts. You helped some people out with a draft as well. We're going to talk to Hunter Pence of the San Francisco Giants. He's hosting the big league impact. The Giants are doing this as well. Is it, It's either today or later on this week. Um, August, August, you guys? 20, August 29th. Okay, excuse me, next Wednesday, something like that. Um, So what did you talk about with Hunter Pence besides Big League Impact? Is he an avid fantasy football fan? Oh, yeah, he has been for a very, very long time. That's why he's the perfect guy to, you know, represent and run Big League Impact uh, San Francisco. All right, let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Cue the Mr. Ed. This is Hunter Pence with the King Scott Angle right here on Roto Experts in the morning. Scott Engler, Fantasy Sports Network, here with Hunter Pence. Hunter, you got Big League Impact, uh, Fantasy Football for Charity, coming up on August 29th at AT&T Park. Uh, why is that such a great experience? You know, you actually have something in common with the fans, and you can do it for a great cause. Yeah, it's a pretty special uh, event that um, they've created with this Big League Im- Impact, and I'm very honored to be able to, to you know, spearhead the San Francisco uh, side of it. Uh, but basically, you know, we get to have an experience with fans. Uh, they get to come join us for charity and, and do a, a draft and have an experience at the ballpark. And we just play a fantasy football league for, uh, you know, for, for good times. And uh, I think ultimately there's some good gives, gifts and prizes at the end. And uh, we, we raise some good money to make a difference uh, throughout, throughout our, you know, some, some of these uh, other nations that I think they do um, filtering water in places that don't have filtered water, so yeah. we're preventing disease and, and just making a, actually a, a pretty big impact. What did it say to you about the power of fantasy sports, too, you know, to not only bring people together like that but actually impact people's lives? Um, yeah, no, it's, it says a lot about it, and uh, it, it makes it where it's also fun. So we have fun. We, have, we create an experience that would, we otherwise wouldn't get to have uh, because, you know, as baseball players, we do love fantasy football. And and it just makes you know a, a good way to break the ice and meet some of the you know the great people in the community and in your city and, and some of the good fans and uh, you know we had we had tech strings going on last year we had a whole one uh, a lot of good trash talk and we it, last year was probably it, it was an extremely fun season I'm looking forward to more of it. How much fun do you look forward to the clubhouse league? You've been doing this for a long time now. I know you've been playing for years. Uh, do you feel like experience gives you an edge all the years you've been playing? Absolutely not. Um, I haven't actually been playing on the team in the team league the last couple of years just because I have too many others, like the big league impact draft and another one. They got to be too many teams. So uh, limited to, the, to that one and one other family one, and, uh, and, and that's, that's plenty for me. So you're in a family league. You know, talk about that. You know, people that have family leagues and, and stuff like that. How competitive is the family league? Is it, is it a cutthroat to say a team league? Are you guys more friendly about making trades and helping each other out? I'd say just as competitive, the family league, uh, if not more so. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't won that one. Uh, I've done better in, in team leagues in the past than I have in the family league, to be honest with you. So... You know, what's the trash talk like in a family league? Does it, you know, how, how much fun is it? What's it like? And who do you talk the most trash with in your family league? Uh, well, actually, it's not even my family league. It's actually Crawford's family and some other uh, players that we've played with uh, back in the day that aren't with us anymore. So that one actually gets extremely fun. Uh, a major trash talk. Uh, all sorts of bad pictures and, and great stuff. So uh, it gets nasty. So it, it, it keeps you in touch with former teammates. Like who else is in the league? 
Uh, Roger Kieschnick, um, a couple other guys just here and there, but Brandon Crawford, Panics in the League, our strength trainer. Because it's a lower stakes league, so uh, we get to we get to like really have fun with it. And because you've been involved in fantasy, and I've asked you this before, but how have you reacted when people have said that, hey, Hunter, I have you on my fantasy team, you know, you're doing good for me, or such and such. You know, when you're the drafted instead of the drafter, how do you react? Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, always, always, a, it feels like you're a teammate. You know, when someone tells you that, you're like, we're on the same team, and uh, it's pretty cool. It, it, it had been pretty cool in the past whenever that was the case, so it was a lot of fun. There you have it. A little Hunter Pence with the Kings, Scott Angle. Scotty, I think it's interesting he's talking about the family leagues. You know, I've heard people with uh, calls and stuff as well on my shows. Um, this idea, like let's say you're playing against your mother-in-law, you know, or your wife or your father-in-law, something like that. Like are you going uh, to go easy on them? Or it sounds like in Hunter P- Pence's case, it just even ratchets up the smack talk. Yeah, this is like a friends and family league with like Brandon Crawford's family. Yeah. And- you know, some, some former players. But then there's more pure family leagues. Like, uh, I know Scott and Jerry Hairston, you know, the former ball players, uh, and Jerry's now a broadcaster for the Dodgers. They play in what's like a pure family league, and it's very, very intense. Then I've had some listeners where, like, oh, they help each other with trades. They tell each other who to pick collusion. up. It's, no you know, it's, 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 no collusion. No collusion. It's not cutthroat whatsoever. Like, you know, they I, I used to have one follower would be like, hey, you know, my, uh, you know, my, my son, you know, he needs somebody on waivers or he's got to start somebody against me this week. Who do you suggest? <laughs> That's kind of crazy. I know my biggest home league, there's a set of brothers. Well, actually, there's two sets of brothers in the league. And anytime like they make a trade with each other. You know, I'm like, oh, that's not cool. You know, <laughs> that's that, that's yeah, messed yeah, up, yeah. especially because we're in a keeper league setting, right? So one of them may be a contender and one of them may be looking to kind of, you know, like rebuild for the future, you know? And so, uh, for example, in a keeper league, one of the brothers that was not competitive last year wound up trading for Andrew Luck to be able to keep him at value for this year and just stash him all year long and then helped out the other brother in a kind of win-now scenario, you know? So it gets kind of complicated but uh yeah you got to avoid that kind of collusion there was one family league you know like one of my best friends like he's like look we're starting a family league i really want you to be in it what am i gonna do i'm not gonna tell him no you know it's right so i get i get in the league and him and his wife are like trading each other like you know i need a run i needed a running back this week so you're gonna trade me a running back this week and then i'll trade him back trade you back right you know, and like, I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. And it was like, I got overruled because, you know, I wasn't the commissioner. But mm-hmm. then the next year in the league that I, my home league that I've been running since 2005, he said, you know, my, my wife wants to be in it, hold her a spot. And I said, A, you know, this, this, this is a league, you know, of, you know, uh, fans of all of the same band. She's not really a fan of the band. And B, you know, I'm sorry, I love you, but, you know, I'm not going to have any of the nonsense, you know, the trading nonsense that you have in the other leagues. So I'm, I'm not letting her in. 
Yeah, fair enough. You know what else has happened inside a lot of my home leagues? Because as time goes on, people move away. You know, I got in my, one of my big home leagues that's drafting over Labor Day weekend. We got two guys that are not in this country. You know, one that's in uh, Europe and one that's in, like, Korea. And so finding a draft time when you're dealing with all these time zones can be an issue, too. And then, you know, some managers are just more responsive than others. So it's, it kind of limits, like, if you can actually do business and talk trade with all of the teams in the league. So I think about that as well. You know what I also want to tell people, Scotty? I want to tell them to check out Fantasy Factor. Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single-entry DFS site. They got free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. All right, keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free $1 million Survivor Contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. That's right. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. I like this a lot, Scotty, because I like the single-entry tournaments instead of having to deal with these guys that are chilling with 50, 100 lineups and algorithms, really making it hard for the casual fan to win a little bit of extra cash. You know what I'm saying, Scotty? Fantasyfactor.com. I hear you. It makes it a more competitive field. It certainly, it certainly does. All right, so here's what we're going to do, Scotty. You wound up drafting or, like, kind of playing a consultant role a little no, bit, I, right? Uh, I was, I with, was uh, Devin Mazzarocco? I was actually uh, drafting in a league with Devin Mesoraco and Jerry Blevins yesterday, Big League Impact. I have my own team. Okay, so this was a 12-team, half-point PPR. And then we were just talking about the scoring settings with the caller a little bit earlier in the hour. This one is a five points for a touchdown pass. All right, so what we're going to do when we come back on the other side of this break is we're going to break down this team a little bit, okay? We're going to see, I think there's a couple of interesting moves that you made. I want to talk about that. And then I want to get started talking about some of the preseason dress rehearsals that we are going to break down. We got a couple of new submissions for the team name contest as well. So that's how we're going to close out the show when we come back after break. It is Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, along with El Rey de Fantasia, the king Scott Angle. Like I said, when we come back, we're going to break down some of the moves that Scotty Angle made in this league with Devin Mesoraco and other Mets. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about the preseason dress rehearsals that are coming up here in week three. Come on right back, and if you want to join the fun, remember the number to call is 844-843-6879. You can hit us up at Spittin' Speeds at Scotty Roto X. Come on right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. It is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician and the king, El Rey de Fantasia. Giving it to you every 7 to 8 a.m. here, Monday through Friday. And then uh, our guy Mike Blewett takes on over for Fantasy Sports today. Um, we were t- talking about, uh, Scotty, how you know you were drafting with Mesoraco and uh, Jeremy Blevins. We're going to look at your team, but uh, you know, I got I'm Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to <laughs> go elsewhere real quick. I'm sorry, real quick though, Scotty. Um, cuz we're talking about the Mets and I know 
listen, just for 30 seconds, I mean, Jacob DeGrom is pitching again tonight. This dude is now, what is he, like 500, 8 and 7, something like this, with a yep. 1.71 ERA, which is out of effing control, Scotty. I'm reminded of, like, back in the late 80s, Joe McGrain went 5 and 9 for the Cardinals, led the NL in ERA in 1988. Nolan Ryan once went, like, 8 and 16 and led the NL in ERA in the late 80s as well. Kevin Millwood did it, you know, like in 2005. But what we're seeing out of DeGrom is absolutely ridiculous. How could the Mets be the Mets are something like twelve and fourteen in his starts, and he's pitching to a one seven one ERA. It's absolutely ridiculous. Is he the Cy Young? Even if he finishes something like you know nine and eleven this year? Yeah, Degrom was actually drafted yesterday too, which was you know it was great for a lot of people that attended. But uh, you know, it's with, with, with the Cy Young. I think the voters still weigh wins very heavily. Right. Even the Mets have like you know scored a lot of runs in his last two starts, though. It's like. The, the offense is finally coming around for him. All right. Well, let's see. You said DeGrom was drafting in this league as well. Let's look at your no, team real quick, Scotty. Oh, but he was there. And he was there. It was like it was. Uh, there were three leagues. One was the DeGrom league. Uh, one was the Mats league. And I was in the Mezzarocco slash Jerry Blevins league. All right, fair enough. So let's look at this team. You had the seventh pick. So you, had, you, got, you went Saquon Barkley with the seventh pick, keeping as a hometown kind of guy. We mentioned that this was, what, half-point PPR. I like that. Who are you choosing between? Was it Barkley and Kamara at the seventh spot? That was your other nah. option? Who was it? Barkley or DeAndre Hopkins that you were ta- thinking about? Who, who, who were the other options there? Gordon, Hunt? Who, who did you choose yeah, Barkley was- over? Yeah, Hopkins, Hopkins and Kamara went at the picks, two picks ahead of me. So. Okay. One two picks ahead of me. So to me, it was it was clear it was that Barkley was the best player on the board. It you know it's a, it it was, it was a no brainer for me. All right, fair enough. You know, one thing I want to ask you about, we just talked about with the caller before, the idea of, like, waiting on quarterback, right, and how you can get such stable quarterback play later on in the draft. I keep on talking about guys like Stafford and Rivers. I'll even put in a guy like Big Ben in that conversation. I actually think Matt Ryan is primed to have a bounce-back year as well in his second year in the Steve Sarkeesian system. We talked at nauseum about his weapons a little bit yesterday, Scott. But I'm intrigued by the two quarterbacks you wound up with, okay? Because I think both of them have tremendous upside but carry some risk. You wound up with Andrew, I'm up all night to get lucky, and also Patty, that's my homes, yo. So listen, there's a universe where both of these guys wind up being top 10 quarterbacks. We see how Mahomes has slung it, that ball that went like 70 yards in the air to Tyreek Hill. Hill and Watkins are going to make some incredible, you know, kind of deep bombs with Patty Mahomes. But you do expose yourself to the risk of both Luck and Mahomes. Why did you wind up going in that direction instead of, you know, getting one of those guys and then maybe someone a little bit more safe with your second quarterback, Scotty? Why'd you go with all the upside and risk with, you, with both your quarterbacks? Well, I got Luck in 10 and, and Mahomes in round 12. You right. know, and at that, at that point, you know, I, people really react to the preseason like, you heard people talking just like nobody wanted part of Andrew Luck. So I said, okay, fine. You know, he's my sixth. Because of the one game we saw this maybe week. I'll, it's that recency Yeah, bias. maybe I'll bump him down to, like, number seven or eight, but that's it. You know, I still think Andrew Luck, if he's not going to gun the ball downfield, is going to do a great job of taking what the defense gives him early in the season. And he might not be letting it loose in the preseason either. You know, that's something else mm-hmm. to consider. And if not, you know, I, got, I have Mahomes in 12, and there's a lot of upside for terms of volume. And throwing deep, so you know, I was I was willing to wait. You know, I wanted Jimmy Garoppolo, 
but he wanted he went with the pick right ahead of me, so I'm always ready with somebody else. Yeah, fair enough. And then I want to ask you about, um, you know, you drafted Carry On Johnson in the yeah. sixth round, right? And I want to ask you about that because listen, if we were talking about a month ago. You know, Scott, we would have been talking about Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle, right? But it seems like uh, on Johnson, and I guess I would add Royce Freeman into this mix as well. It seems like the two of them have been the kind of rookie running backs that are um, ascending, shall we say. I'm seeing them rise up ADP. I'm seeing them rise up the rankings. Yesterday, we talked about Ronald Jones. We talked about Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, as guy, and Naheem Hines, as guys that are falling. on Johnson and Royce Freeman seem to be moving up. So when you drafted on Johnson in the sixth round, Scott, did you pick him over was like Rashad Penny still on the board? Was Ronald Jones still on the board? Are you taking Kerry on Johnson now over these guys who were kind of high, more highly touted only about a few weeks ago? Yeah, Penny went in the seventh. Uh, okay. Jones Jones went in the ninth round. So, so you pick Kerry on Johnson over there. Kerry Johnson clearly over him because you know he's got a clearer path to the starting job right now than those other two. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we got to think about that. But at the same time, Scotty, we've been talking about, you know, we mentioned Amir Abdullah earlier in the show. There's the Garrett Blunt, Theo Riddick. That is a big time committee up in Detroit. Um, You know, do you see it as a clear path to touches and opportunity? I mean, Amir Abdullah was starting uh, last week in the preseason game. Um, Do you think he's going to have enough touches and opportunity carry on Johnson? I I don't think Amir Abdullah is going to be a factor once the regular season starts. Uh, I think Theo Riddick's just a third-down guy, and Blunt's maybe a goal-line specialist. I think when they want to carry the ball outside the 20s, Kerryon Johnson's going to see enough reps. And over the season, I think it's going to become clear that they have to use him a lot. All right, the last question I want to ask you about this team, I look at your second-round pick, Scotty, and it looks like you got Keenan Allen on the comeback, you know, and you were in the seventh spot. So we're talking about, like, the middle of the second round. I, you know, a lot of people are asking me questions about these wide receivers that are, say, like, between five and eight, that kind of second-tier wide receiver. I'm seeing Keenan Allen grouped a lot of times in with guys like Devontae Adams, in with guys like Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, let's say. I have been on record out of these guys, I am tremendously high on Devontae Adams. I think he's going to be the target monster. Let's not forget about Aaron Rodgers returning to that offense, making it more productive. When you drafted Keenan Allen in the second round, Scotty, were Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, were guys like that still on the board? I see your ranks, how you have Keenan Allen just above these guys, but uh, who'd you have to choose from in that realm? And you know, do you think there's a distinct difference between those guys, or can you kind of like, are you happy with any of them as your wide receiver one for your fantasy team? I'm happy with any of them, but Adams and okay. Green were already gone, like right ahead of me, so it made my pick easier. Michael Thomas, uh, you know, just doesn't score score enough for me. Uh, Keenan Allen only had one more touchdown than him, but he's 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 such a monster in terms of receptions and you know more yardage than Michael Thomas. So for for me, it was it was pretty easy pick. All right, fair enough. This was the King, Scotty Angle, at the seventh pick. Uh, Coming up on Sunday, Scotty, you and I, I believe, we are in the same GST league. I will have the seventh pick coming up on Saturday. We'll see if my my team— 
Yeah, we'll see how my team looks compared to your seventh-round pick team here uh, drafting with some of the Mets. I also got to let people know, Scotty, DailyRoto.com is putting more than 25 k on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. Have the chance to win big this year along SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein. He's one of the only men to have won two separate million-dollar prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and spit – Split 50% of the profits. No profits that week? No worries. Your name will get tossed back into the hat the following week. So head to DailyRoto.com slash sweat and learn how you can get in on the action and your share of the $25,000 in action. That's DailyRoto.com slash sweat. They make millionaires over there. Our guys Drew Dinkmeyer, Mike Leone, Colin Drew, and the crew. All right, Scotty. All right. Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns make it happen. I'm intrigued by these Browns. I don't know. I don't think Josh Gordon is going to get in the mix, right? But I'm intrigued uh, a couple of things. On these Browns, I want to see Baker out there again. You know, I want to see if he can do a little bit of work. And this running back room, you know, a lot of people were talking about the Chubb and Hyde kind of balance. Hyde has Hyde looked good in the last game. I want to see what he can do in extended action. What, how do you think this running back room for Cleveland is going to break out? I think it's interesting to see see what they can go, do against this Eagles defensive line that runs seven or eight deep. Yeah, the Browns have been on national TV all three of the first yeah, really. games. You know, and the, hard the knocks. Nation, They're on every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the nation really wants to get a look at them. So, you know, I want to see if the Njoku thing, you know, keeps up here. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, is, is it, you know now is he going to make people worry if he has a quiet game? And in the backfield, I think, you know, both of them played well enough that, you know, this is going to become a timeshare. In Cleveland, you say? Yes. Yeah. And then here's the other thing. I remember you you mentioned um, uh, a couple of days ago this idea that you think Duke Johnson may may see a dip in – targets, let's say, because now the Browns have other options. You mentioned Njoku, of course, Josh Gordon, and of course, Jarvis Landry, who I expect to really have a breakout year. So when you talk about Hyde and Chubb, uh, where is Duke Johnson in the mix, Scotty? Uh, to me, he's a, clear, he's a clear third. It's like I'm, I'm avoiding Duke Johnson. I think, I think he's over, overvalued for this year. Uh, you know, like like I said, like you just pointed out, last year they were throwing to Duke Johnson a lot out of desperation, I think, quite often. He's still going to be a factor, but not quite the factor he was where I want him as anything to say more than my RB5. All right, so uh, there you go. Maybe Duke Johnson becomes a sacrificial lamb now that there's too many, there's more mouths <laughs> to feed in Cleveland. And uh, there you go, Scotty, little lamb chops. And, uh, you know, remember, it's not only the size of the pie, but it's how big is your slice of the pie. Here's what I want to ask you oh. on the other side for Philadelphia. We know about the quarterback situation. We know about the running back committee. We know how Ertz is a top three tight end. Listen, I don't think we've talked enough, Scott, about the fact that Alshon Jeffrey's shoulder is not healing the way that uh, many people expected, right? So talk to me a little bit about, about any level of concern with Alshon Jeffrey. Like, last year was the first year he was healthy for all 16 kind of games. You know what I mean? He has been one of those soft tissue injuries, guys. So I want to hear about your level of concern for Alshon Jeffrey. And then if Alshon misses any time early in the season, who stands to benefit the most? Is it uh, Aguilar or is it a guy like Mike Wallace? Talk to me about the impact of Alshon potentially missing time. Yeah, uh, Inside Injuries is very concerned about him. Uh, you know, check it out at InsideInjuries.com. And, uh, you know, this could linger, you know, 
throughout the first few weeks of the regular season. You know, there was even some talk about putting him on the pup, but, you know, we haven't seen anything official here. So, to me, like, Mike Wallace will probably get the first opportunity, but I haven't seen anything in recent seasons to see if they can run with it. You know, the guy that I'm still going to talk about is Mac Hollins. You know, right. he really hasn't stepped forward yet in the preseason. But if Mac Hollins does anything tonight, you know, all of a sudden I'm going to start moving him up in my ranks because I think this kid has the talent to maybe step forward here. All right, and talk to me about the last name I want to mention on Philly is talk to me about Dallas Goddard or Godair over here. You know, he has flashed a couple of times, was highly praised in the draft. People were comparing him to Zach Ertz. He's now on the team with Zach Ertz. So, you know, listen, that second tight end, you know, not going to get much burn. It's not like Trey Burton was really viable in that same position last year. But Ertz does have something of an injury history. Talk to me about Goddard. Is he someone that you like? Is he someone that you maybe take in a dynasty league thinking, uh, you know, or or as a late kind of stash? What do you think about this kid's potential? The problem with even taking him in a dynasty league is how much longer is Ertz going to be there? It's, right. You know, there's no sign that he's going to disappear from Philly or be gone after this year. You know, but it, I think it's unique that they drafted somebody with that sort of skill set when they already have Ertz. If they start treating him like a second wide receiver, you know, mm-hmm. then that, that, that's something unique to uh, to look at, you know, because maybe Godert stops, steps up while Jeffrey is out. You know, maybe right. they start splitting them out, et cetera. More two tight end sets. You know, we're seeing a yeah. couple of teams try to flirt with that. The Tampa Bay Bucks are looking to maybe employ the two tight ends with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. We talked about two tight ends in Indianapolis, although you don't have any kind of faith in, in uh, Eric Ebron and think that's all going to be Jack Doyle. We've seen teams try with two tight ends. Maybe Dallas Goddard could be um, an option, not necessarily for fantasy, but for uh, the actual Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Scotty, we're going to break down all the games tomorrow. I think we got to stay focused. Focused on all those games tomorrow. We'll be giving you everything you need for the dress rehearsals. Got a couple of new team name submissions that I want to bounce off of you, Scotty. First up, our guy King Scheme. He's come with a couple of uh, names before. This this one, uh, you know, maybe it's the middle school humor. I know you don't love it, but I'm going to give you a chance at it anyway. My boy King Scheme out there is saying it's uh, Kareem Hunt that we're talking about. He's saying making your girl Kareem. What do you think about that one, Scotty? <laughs> yeah, a little chuckle. That's, that's, that's funny, but it doesn't quite make my top five. Not making your top five. And remember, Scotty, yeah. we may have to – we may broaden it out to a top seven, you know, because you liked Lights Kamara action so much, you know. Yeah. And I know you don't want to bump any a la vodka. So I have you now as like a top six, <laughs> you yeah. know. And I added Stairway to Evans as my six for the top six as well. Right. The one other one that I want to talk to you about today, um, we're going right back to these Cleveland Browns running backs. You know, Chubb has been involved – um, Carl Anderson, who I know that you were talking to a little bit on Twitter yesterday. Um, what do you think about Chumbawamba? You know that uh, song. Yeah, of course. What do you think? What do you that's think okay. about Chumbawamba? Yeah, that's a, that's okay. Uh, that's all right, right? Doesn't hit, doesn't hit my top seven, but but because it's from Carl Anderson, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna qualify it for my top. <laughs> fair enough. No, I'm fair kidding. enough. I'm kidding. Carl's okay. It's all good. It's all good. We got a late yeah. submission from our guy, Chris Bavona, as well, because, um, you know, he makes a good uh, I point. I really this don't want to girl- qualify him, though. Yeah, this making you go Kareem may not fit, even if you want to use it as your team name. Uh, but he was talking about a good old Wu-Tang song from back in the day. What about Kareem? Got to get the money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. What about Kareem? Got to get the money. I like, I like Carl Anderson's better. All right, fair yeah. enough. There you have it. Yeah. So remember, guys, you could and gals, you could always hit us up um, 
844-843-6879 if you want to call the show. We'll be taking calls in the next hour with my guy Pipes Blewett as well. Um, but then tomorrow. You know, you know what's interesting about these team names? I'm sorry. It's like what's up? when Darius Geis went down, that probably killed I know. about 50 potential team names for our show. Well, remember also, Scotty, there was a lot of submissions around Geis. I was worried that our yeah, guys were putting the saying. hex. I, I was worried they were putting the hex on uh, – you know, Darius, guys. So I hope that yeah. doesn't happen with any of these other very popular team names like a Nick Chubb or a Saquon Barkley, yeah. for example. But tomorrow, Scott, we are going to be locked and loaded, focusing on all of these dress rehearsal games. A lot of week three preseason. We are going to see starters in action. It kicks off tonight with a standalone game. But tomorrow, we're going to dive into all of these previews because uh, there's some tea leaves to be read. So keep it locked <laughs> for that tomorrow with the, uh, you know, road experts in the morning up next is gonna i'm gonna stick around with my boy mike blewett for fantasy sports today scotty you have a great day my friend and do me a favor uh drink some water take care of that cough okay all right fair enough fair enough so up next up next is uh fantasy sports today mike blewett joins the fun if you want to give us a holler 844-843-6879 we'll be right back here tomorrow roto experts in the morning